Well, good morning. It is good to be here this morning and bring greetings from Myerstown, about an hour south of here. Um, I felt myself kind of at home this morning. The past two weeks, I found myself in congregations very similar in size to this. So I think this is feeling good to me, getting used to it. Uh, We took a trip out to Nevada to visit my family out there. So they have a, a small church out there. And then we stopped in Arkansas as well. And very similar. So it is good to be here this morning. Thank you, Matt, for, for that devotional. And I trust that we can be blessed and have our eyes pointed to God this morning. That is my prayer. So this morning, I would like to, for the, for the message, we're going to take a look at the Bible. Uh, and we're going to call it a Bible survey. What comes to your mind when you think of a survey? Taking a step back and looking at everything. I have a picture for you to start off. Nice railroad bed down by the Grand Canyon up in PA. How would you like to take a walk along that, the creek? Beautiful. The snow on the trees, snow on the trip. You might be want, want to wear boots while you're on that. If I told you I took a walk down that railroad bed alongside that beautiful scenery... In the middle of the Grand Canyon, you'd say, okay, cool. If I told you I had to walk down the mountain, there was no trail, to get to the trail, would you have more appreciation for that first picture? Yeah. Uh, Thankfully, the use of drones made it easy to get that first picture, so I did not walk down the mountain. If I showed you a picture of a tree like this, and I asked if you could paint it, Could you do it? All those different twigs? The picture's a little blurry here. But if I showed you what the tree actually came from, the whole painting, it gives you a little different perspective of that first tree. This morning, I want to think about our perspective, what we see. And I I want us to take a step back and get an overall perspective. Y'all have probably heard the word context, looking at something in context. What is the, the circumstances or the things surrounding a certain event or specifically in the Bible, a verse? Perspective and context is what I want us to think about this morning as we take a look at the Bible. To start off, a verse in Jeremiah. Jeremiah 29, 11, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, to, to bring you to an expected end. A verse that jumps out to us. God has a plan for us. It gives us hope. It gives us inspiration. Okay, common verse. Another verse in Isaiah speaks of, I will make you like eagles. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Their strength, they shall mount up as with wings as eagles. Wow, God is going to give us strength. Again, it gives us inspiration. Third verse. Another common one, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Again, we know that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, if I asked you the context that surrounded these common verses that are favorite verses to probably some of us, Jeremiah 29, 11 was my theme verse at my graduation. Would you know the context or what is the circumstances surrounding these verses? Jeremiah. What is happening there? Jeremiah is writing to the Israelites who are in captivity. And he is telling them to give it all they have where they were. 
build houses, work hard. God will take care of you where you are. He has a plan for you. Ah, in that context, the verse comes to life. Secondly, in Isaiah, it's in the midst of Isaiah's prophecy to the Israelites, warning them of the path they were headed. And what does he say? Be patient. Wait on the Lord. He's going to be with you. He's going to make you like the eagles, flying and soaring. Philippians. Here, Paul is encouraging them to rejoice and be content in everything. Uh, No matter whatever state you are, just be content. Okay, that's hard to do sometimes. But but here he says, Paul says, don't worry. God's going to give you the strength to do it. You see, when we look at something in context, we see it in a whole different perspective. And that's what I want us to do this morning as we take a step back and look at the Bible. There's two types of Bible study. First one is the analysis type or the detail, kind of like a Sunday school lesson. What do you do? You break it down verse by verse often, looking at it in detail. What is it saying? What is each word trying to to describe or what is God trying to say to us? And that is good. We need to look at it in detail. A second type is the survey or synthesis, big word for it. That is when you take a step back and look at everything in perspective. So both are needed. However, I find myself to often be focused on the detail. I open up my Bible in the morning and I'm reading through a specific set of verses and I'm, God, what do you want to try to say to me? Give me one verse I can take today. And that's okay. That's good. That's needed. But I sometimes fail to take a step back and say, hey, God, what's the big picture? We as humans, we like to see the here and the now. We like to know what's what's going on, what we should do now. But it is beneficial to take a step back and see the big picture. Where are we headed? What is God trying to tell us in everything? So that's what I want us to do this morning. First of all, before we dive in and take a step back. The Bible as a whole, a couple things. There's a verse in Second uh, Timothy 3.16. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. That is why we have the Bible. We have the Bible because God is revealing his will to us. And that's what it does. God's written revelation of his will to man. That is the Bible. You understand that? It's a common principle we know. Secondly, the central theme is what? Jesus Christ. Jesus is the theme of the Bible. We're going to come back to that in a little bit. There's 66 books by 44 authors over about 1,600 years that it was written. And for you techie people... Riley, you're going to college, you probably use Google Docs and share OneDrive. These writers did not do that. They did not have a shared Google file that they passed down from ages to ages. Incredible. That shows that God inspired the writings of these books down through the years. And yet it all ties together in one central theme. I want us to see that this morning. And we know the two main um, breakdowns of the Bible. We have the Old Testament and the New Testament. If I was to ask, ask you which one you preferred going to, what would you say? Probably the New Testament. Uh, to be honest, it, 
It's more real to us today. However, going back to the Old Testament is needed because it is a foundation for the new. I want us to see that this morning again. That's another point I want to bring out. So the Old Testament, what is it? It is the law, the covenant of the law. It is the promise of the Messiah. The Messiah has not come, but it's saying, hey, the Messiah will come. That's the Old Testament. And then we move into the New Testament, and it's the covenant of grace. We're no longer under the law, but we're under grace. The Messiah has come, and we can now live under that. The New Testament. If I was to ask you to give one word to describe the Bible, what would it be? Or to summarize the Bible. There's many. Truth. Truth. Life. Life. Redemption. Redemption. There's many. There's many. We could, we could use so many words to summarize, and we can't, that doesn't even justify the, the, the Bible and trying to put it into one word. The word I would like to look at this morning is redemption. In the truth, in the life, all the things that come out of the Bible, I want us to see the plan of redemption. And what does it mean? What does redemption mean? What does it mean to redeem? Redeem means to buy back. To purchase. So why is redemption woven throughout? I trust that we can see that this morning as we jump in. So this morning what I would like to do is to break down the Bible into several sections to kind of help us see the plan of redemption woven through. So join me as we do that. First of all, the first book, the first section that we're going to break it down is five books. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Anybody know a name to describe this section? Torah. There's a couple. The law would be another one. And the word I want to use this morning is Pentateuch. And pent means five. So it is really the five books. The five books written by Moses. So what do we see here in, as we open our Bible, we turn to Genesis. And if it helps you this morning to have your Bible open and be paging through the different books, feel free. We open to Genesis and what do we see? Creation. God says, he creates the world, okay, all the different things. And he gets to the end and he says, I want somebody in my image. And that's when he creates man. We know the story. Beautiful. Man has now come. And his plan was that they live in the garden in perfect harmony with him. However, God, cho- uh, humans, Adam and Eve, chose to go against that plan. They sinned. And now sin has entered the world. And because of that, what is needed? Redemption. A savior. They need to be saved. So right from the get-go, we see the need for redemption. Yet when humans, when Adam and Eve chose to go against God's plan, he still chose them. He did not turn his back, but he continued to go after them. And so Genesis, we see there uh, the, the path of the patriarchs, Abraham, 
Moses comes along at the end in, in Exodus. And what do we see in Exodus? The Israelites are now in captivity in Egypt. Okay? And God has a plan to lead them out of Egypt. He did not want them to stay there. He wanted to take them to the promised land that he was going to give them. So, then we move on to Leviticus. Numbers, our favorite books to read. Okay? As it lists out specific laws for the Israelites as they were headed out of Egypt, as they were establishing their homes in their new land, the promised land. And as we read through some of them, it's like, wow, they had to follow all of these rules. Was, the, was this law to, put, to give them a burden, to be a burden to them? It was not. Sometimes I find myself thinking that, like, wow, why would God require so much? What was the goal of the law? To draw them to himself. That's what it was. And it was to be a witness to the nations around to show that the Israelites, everybody, needed to go to God, to Jesus. And that was through the sacrifices. The law, okay, that's what we see in Exodus. Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. So the first five books set the stage for redemption. The need for redemption is there. Specific instructions and the covenant. It was the law to draw the Israelites to himself. The Pentateuch, first section. Then we move on into a historical section. How many of you like history? Almost? Yeah. Okay. History's uh, all right. Here we see specific stories on what happened, how the Israelites lived when they entered the promised land. Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, Kings, Chronicles, Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther. And what do we see here? We see a roller coaster of events. God wanted a theocracy, God in control. God was their king. However, they looked at the nations around and said, come on, God, I want a king like them. And so what happened? Saul became their first king. And if you read through these books, good king, bad king, you get excited. Oh, good king, we're back. No, bad king. A roller coaster of events. They tried to do it by themselves, by themselves. But guess what? They needed God in the picture. And then he sent prophets. He sent judges to warn them, to show them, hey, you got to be careful. You got to go back to the law. God is trying to draw you back to himself. And that's what we see in these historical books. So literally historical history. It is a history, the story of the nation of Israel. From a theocracy to kings to judges and to the prophets. And as we move out of the historical section, saying, showing how the nation of Israel lived, I I kind of, as I read through the Pentateuch and then the history of Israel, I'm kind of starting to get discouraged. How is God going to bring redemption through all of this? And then it's almost like he takes, I like to call it a timeout. And what book comes next? Personal books. Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon. What are these books about? God cares about the heart. What, is, what happens to Job? Everything's taken away, yet he stays focused on God. God cares. Psalms. David portrays his emotions and feelings as he's on the relationship with God in the form of poetry. Okay? And Proverbs. The wisest man who ever lived. Solomon. 
shares the truth, the wisdom that God gave to him. Personal. God cares about the heart. So even though I might, we might get discouraged as we read through the law, oh my, this seems burdensome. Through the law, God was trying to show the Israelites that he cared about them. He cared about the heart. This spoke to specific issues of the heart and a relationship with God. Dealing with problems, the human problems. Pentateuch, first five books. Historical section. We saw the history of Israel. And we're going to go through this pretty fast. Then we take a time out. God cares about the individual. He cares about you, the heart issues. Then we move into a prophetical section. And if I told you to turn to Habakkuk, how long would it take you to get there? Okay. We have uh, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentations, Ezekiel, Daniel. The first five are the major prophets, really because of their length. Okay. The, the longer and a little more well-known. And then move into the minor prophets, the last 12 books of the Old Testament. Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. And what do we see here? We see here prophet after prophet warning the nation of Israel of the path that they were headed. They said, hey, beware. Be careful where you're headed. But it was not all doom and gloom. What did they point to? They said, hey, you can't do it on your own. You need something better. And it pointed to the Messiah, the coming of the Messiah. Jesus is coming. That's what this section points to. And if you read through some of these uh, minor prophets, the symbolism and the illustrations that they use to teach the children of Israel is very vivid and is still true today. Showing them their need for the Messiah. Pointing to the Messiah that is coming. So that's how we end the Old Testament. Prophetical. Pointing ahead. And then we move into the New Testament. And this is where we kind of, our heart skips a beat. And what happens? The Messiah comes. In this next section, we're going to call the foundational. Foundational books, I think, to the whole Bible. Why? So we here have, we have Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, and Acts. And what do we see here? The Messiah has come. He shares a new way of living that they were not accustomed to. He calls his disciples to walk with him. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, specifically the Gospels, show the plan of salvation and why Jesus came. This is where redemption comes. Redemption has come. And he reveals his plan to the disciples. And he points to a new way of living that the disciples had to get used to. And as, we, as he leaves, Jesus goes back to heaven. He ascends at the end of these books. What do we see in Acts? The disciples don't stop there. They go and share everything. What Jesus has said, said, go into all the nations, go spread the word. And what happens? Churches are started. So the gospel redemption is shared with them and churches are formed. This is great. Life is good. But how do the churches know how to live under this new way of living? 
This is all new to them. Jews and Gentiles now living together, going to church. What does this look like? This was, this was not what they were accustomed to. They were accustomed to the law. So what comes next is the epistles. Anybody know what epistles mean? Letters. Right on. Letters. So specifically just letters. People writing letters. And first of all, we have the church epistles where Paul is writing to specific churches. Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians. Churches that he had started in Acts, he is now writing to them and saying, hey, this is the way to live. This is what living peacefully looks like. This is what he goes on and on. And it is very specific, very practical ways for the church to live under the new law, the covenant of grace. Pastoral epistles, Paul writes to individual people, Timothy, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews. And then the general epistles were written by their, uh, their names, James, Peter, John, and Jude. Just general letters to the church on what the new way of living looks like. So we have the foundational books in the New Testament. Then we move into the epistles. What does the covenant of grace, what does Jesus' new way of living look like practically? Is that where it ends? No. One more book. What is it? Revelation. Prophecy. So Jesus doesn't, or the Bible doesn't end with, hey, all right, live this way under the new law. Great. No. We have something to look forward to. Redemption will only be fully realized at the end, when Jesus returns. And this book is beautiful. Sometimes it can be scary as we look into it and think about the end times. But it doesn't have to be for the Christian. We can be excited about Jesus coming back. This is when redemption will be fully understood and realized. As we think about the new way of living, the covenant of grace, as we look back at the Old Testament and see the foundation, the law, Jesus drawing people back to himself, we look at the epistles and we see that practical ways of Christian living. And then we end with prophecy. What is coming? What do I need to live for? What should my eyes be focused on as I live practically Jesus' plan of redemption? So... That brings us to the ends of the Bible. As we took a step back, we kind of went fast. But I hope it gives us an overall perspective of what, how the Bible all ties together. So let's do a quick overview. First of all, we had the Pentateuch. First five books. Creation. The Israel, ch- children of Israel. God writes the law to them. How he wants to draw them to himself. Then we have the historical section. What happened to the nation of Israel? Specific stories of people, kings, how they lived. The roller coaster, good king, bad king. Then God takes a time out. I care about the heart. I care about you. Then prophetical. Be careful. But the Messiah is coming. Be excited. Look for the Messiah, the coming Messiah. And then we move into the New Testament. Foundational to everybody. And I forgot to mention, this is where you point new believers. These foundational books, because it reveals God's plan of salvation. And this is what is needed for new believers. Then we move into the epistles. What does practical Christian living look like today? 
and prophecy. What should our eyes be focused on? So how do we see redemption woven through here? I'm going to add some words above these different categories. First of all, we see redemption is required. Right? Creation, sin enters. There's got to be redemption. And what is redemption? Buying back to himself. So now, God needs to buy back his own people that he created. He needs to purchase them back to himself. It's required. And we need to go here to realize our sin nature. We're all born with sin. When we're born, redemption, being redeemed, is required. And then the next part of the Old Testament, redemption is being prepared. Okay? Redemption is needed. And then redemption is being prepared. Jesus is drawing people to himself through the law, through the story of the nation of Israel. Redemption is being prepared. And then what? Redemption comes. The Messiah has come. We now live under a new way of living. And not only does it come, it is shared. The disciples go out. Churches are formed. And then redemption is explained. What does it mean to live a redeemed life? And redemption will only be finally realized when Jesus returns. Redemption. Do you see the plan of redemption woven throughout each book as we take a step back? And we see the, neat, the one word, redemption. As we, as we close our, our time here this morning, I would like to look at two verses, first of all. 2 Peter 1.21 For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. This plan of redemption was not made up by man, but inspired by God. Remember that. And then another verse in 1 Peter 1. For all flesh is as grass, all the glory of men is the flower of the grass. The grass withereth, and the flower thereof falleth away. But the word of the Lord endureth forever. And this is the word which by the gospel is preached unto you. That is why we have the word, brothers and sisters. To show us the plan of redemption. And it will stand the test of time. A couple Bible facts. As we close, there's 66 books, about 1,100 chapters in the Bible, 31,000 verses, 775,000 words, longest chapter is Psalm 119. So Matt, there you go, next devotional, Psalm 119. Shortest chapter, Psalm 117. Longest Old Testament book is Psalms. Shortest, uh, longest New Testament book is Luke. Okay. It's a couple inter- interesting facts about the Bible as we take a step back and look at an overview. My question I would like to leave with you this morning is, what is our response? As we took a step back, I hope it inspired you to, it inspired me as I was studying to see redemption woven through. And I I have a desire to get an overall perspective of what is God trying to say? And as I dig into specific verses, I can take a step back and say, hey, where does this fall? Into the plan of redemption. Kind of gives me a different perspective and context. And like I said before. We often want to know about the specific moment that we are in. But sometimes we need to take a step back and see the big picture. And we need to do that. To see the big picture of God's plan for us. Sometimes we read the Bible with preconceived ideas. Almost making... 
we want it to, to say what we want it to. Okay? We need to go to the Bible asking God to show us the truth that he has for us when we read. People at the time of Jesus, um, they read the prophecies to believe that Jesus was going to come as an earthly king and wipe out the Romans. Were they right? And we won't understand unless we invest the time. Invest the time. That is my goal, to invest time in the word, to see this beautiful plan of redemption. Let's do some quick math. 775,000 words. Okay? How long would it take you, or how long would you have to read each day to read through the Bible in a year? 775,000 divided by... Oh, I'll give you another, uh, another average reader can read about two to 400 words a minute. So let's go with the low one. Okay. So 200, if you read on an average of 200 words per minute, 775,000 words divided by 365 days in the work in the year divided by 200 is, I, I cheated. I did my math before about 12 to 15 minutes. I know some of you slow readers might be like, ah, it's going to take me much longer. Okay? Average 15, 20 minutes. Reading a day would get you through the Bible in a year. If you read about an hour a day, you could get through in about three months. It doesn't seem that bad. Dig in. Dig in. As I was uh, preparing this message, these are two books that I referred to. And I'm actually, this year I'm working through through the Bible in one year. And what it does, it breaks down each book of the Bible and gives just a, a takeaway and a, a brief outline for each book. So that's what I'm, I'm, I'm working through right now. So in a year, come back and check with me to make sure I, I finish the book. Keep me accountable. Keep the Bible in perspective. My action takeaway for this morning is be in the Word. Are we reading? Are we reading the Word? Are we investing the time to see this plan of redemption? And not only should we be investing the time for ourselves, but after we get a hold of the plan of redemption, after we've been redeemed, share the redemption story. It is beautiful. And let's point others back to this. Anybody wondering what the gift is for? Anybody want it? It looks nice, right? Brandon, want to come all up here? I'd like to give this gift to you here this morning. Um, I'd like you to open it in front of us. I, I wrapped it nicely with brown paper, and my wife thought some other decorations should be added. It added to the gift. So go ahead, rip it open. Show us what's inside. Keep on going? No. <laughs> okay. I'll take it from you. Thank you. You can find your seat. Duct tape. Anybody ever give you a gift like this? When I, when I give my brother's, uh, my brother Logan is a mechanic and he likes to zip tie a lot of things. So last gift I gave him, I zip tied everything together. When we looked at the gift from the outside, it looked pretty cool. Yeah, I want a gift, right? Somehow, 
I hope that is how we viewed the Bible this morning. Wanting to dig in. We want to. But sometimes when we take off the wrapper, when we start digging in, what do we end up with? Duct tape. Distractions. It is hard. It takes effort to dig in. It looks appealing on the outside. We want to dig in. We want to read. But things come up in our life. Family. Work. Technology. Phones. That distract us from continuing to dig deeper. So as you think about the gift. The Bible is a gift to us. And I hope I inspired you. I was inspired to dig in more. But sometimes when we dig in, we come to duct tape and we want to give up. Don't give up. Keep investing. God has a plan, a story of redemption to reveal. And once we see that plan of redemption, share it with others. Sometimes take a step back and see it from a big perspective. And let God speak to you that way. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning and we thank you for your holy word. The word of God. It's inspired by you. And we humans, myself, I like to see the here and the now and know what to do now. But sometimes we need to take a step back and see the big picture. And as we took a a step back and saw the Bible from a different perspective, we saw the beautiful plan of redemption woven throughout. You had a plan from the beginning. And I pray that we would dig in and invest in your word to see this plan of redemption. So that we can be redeemed and we can invite others to join us. Bless us. Be with the remainder of the service. In Jesus' name, amen.